0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Pandemic Check-In. This is the show where we kind of check in and talk about how we're doing. But, you know, for real, I feel like these days, everybody is kind of... The the question, how are you doing, actually has a lot more weight to it than it did maybe two months ago. Um, I'm Ben Adair, and today we have on the show Dr. Owen Muir, MD, and Michelle Burnaby, RN. Uh, How are you guys both doing today?
1: Yeah, I'm actually... In a very grounded place, I've been doing this serenity prayer meditation on the app Ten Percent Happier, and it has been a game changer for me this week.
0: Okay, there's a lot there. So, what is the app, and what is what is There's a lot there. I yeah. wanna kind of unpack. It's an app, <laughs> and then you're doing a meditation, a serenity prayer meditation. Like, how's all that? How's all that work?
1: Yeah, so it's Dan Harris's app, Ten Percent Happier, um, and I don't know his background except for he had a panic attack on TV, blah, blah, blah. Then he got into mindfulness, and it's been a game changer for his mental health. And so they have a special um, coronavirus series of meditations that just have really helped me. And one in particular breaks down the serenity prayer. Um, So this meditation kind of highlights, you know, in your head and in your body, things you feel you can't change and you have no control over and just kind of like spending time thinking about things you have no control over and then highlighting things you do have control over and you had the courage to change and just like reflecting on that each day like what is in your control letting that go what you have controlled and changed
0: Hmm. remind me again the serenity prayer is like a, a Kind of remember it, but I don't want to butcher it. Remind, can you remind me what it is? Ooh,
1: I mean, I always butcher it. <laughs> God, I mean, I...
2: grant me the serenity to accept the things that I cannot change, the courage to change the things that I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Great. Hallelujah. Yep, yeah, that's it. Cool.
0: Oh, and what have you been
2: doing this week? That's been really helpful for you. Uh Today's actually kind of a little bit weighty. It's my kid's birthday. Oh, happy and birthday! And I have twin. Y- y- well, yeah. Even saying that now is weird. Um, I mean, they're having a happy birthday because they're four, and they're with their grandparents, but they're not with me. And they're not with me because Carleen and I are sheltering in place, and turns out uh, coming down with COVID nineteen. Oh my gosh! Um, Have you tested? Yeah. You've tested positive so, for it. So I haven't yet, but that's because I haven't. Uh, Gotten enough blood out of my finger on the first round to make the test work. Um, Carlene uh, had symptoms and is doing much better. Uh, she's basically fine now, but her test came back positive for uh, immunoglobulin M. This is a test that's for doctors' offices. It's not for uh, home, but we're doctors, so we got some. And. Uh, so I'm kind of apprehensively going to go test myself tonight and I hope and pray I had it weeks ago and now I'm, you know, have some immunity, but, um, I I don't know if we can go see our kids tomorrow.
0: Oh my gosh. That's so heartbreaking. Yeah. So are you guys in the same house with your kids now or how's that working? No. So where
2: are your kids now? The kids are with uh, Pat and Bob, uh, Carleen's parents, and their grandparents in Winstead, Connecticut. And they have been there for a week longer than we have been out of New York. So it's been coming up on a month that I haven't gotten to see them. Oh, my gosh. That
0: yeah. must be so hard.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it actually it is. I mean, I spend a lot of time kind of not paying attention to that fact. But it is. It is. And um, I, you know, got to call them on their birthday and and that was good. And, and last night, I actually, I'm kind of tired because I stayed up late working on the, the other podcast I work on uh, with for my kid's birthday. Basically, they're not old enough right now, but um, I sang them happy birthday at the end.
0: It just must be so hard. I mean. I can't imagine being away from my kids right now. My kids are driving me crazy, but I also can't imagine being away from them right now.
2: Yeah. The uh, I mean, on on the upside, uh, Pat and Bob, uh, the grandparents, were both uh, school teachers <laughs> for a living, so uh, they're getting like the awesomest homeschool experience you can imagine. Well, that's good to hear. Now, shifting
0: our focus a little bit, what have you guys been hearing from your patients this week? Where are people at?
1: Yeah, I mean, some of the same things. Like, again, people with who have struggled with mental illness and have done a lot of the work with their mental health providers are doing well. And I think Carleen, um, the founder of Brooklyn Minds...
0: Yeah, she was on the show last week.
1: Right. She has this brilliant example that she said today where it's like... Um, acclimating to high altitude. You know, when you're, when you're living at a high altitude and your lungs are kind of used to doing the more heavy lifting and the work, and then you go down to a lower altitude and you can run faster and longer and things are just easier. Um, there's that segment of the population. And then another interesting thing that's kind of shifted this week is anxiety about what post-COVID world is going to look like. And it's like anticipatory anxiety. Um, I think on the personal level and on the societal level. Um, I think now we, you know, I'm hearing concerns even from mental health practitioners of like an epistemic mistrust of power and authority because of the way this was handled. But there is some some mistrust. I feel in communities that were. F- maybe privileged and shielded from having to mistrust authority before. Particularly, I mean, I'll just name it, like white, you know, educated communities, which maybe had a safer relationship to power and government and authority. Now kind of feeling that break a little, maybe a lot. Yeah.
0: Hmm. So we did get a bunch of calls and messages uh, this week. Uh, before we kind of get into those, I just want to kind of go through a few things that we go through at the top of every show. Um, first, uh, we want to hear from you. How are you doing? What are you doing? How are you managing to cope and what can we help you with? So we've there are two ways to contact us. We've set up a voicemail. You can call us at 858-255-1770. Don't worry about writing that down. Just tap on the show notes. It's all right there. All this info is there. Uh, You can leave us a message at that number with your story. You can leave your name and number if you'd like us to call you back. Or don't. That's your call. Uh, But please do let us know how you're doing. Uh, Also, if you're tech-oriented, we've partnered with an app called Listen. Listen. Uh, The Listen app is a place where you can easily connect with us. You can use the app to listen to the show and then right in the app, leave us a voice message with your thoughts. Uh, You can download the Listen app for free in the iPhone app store. It's just for iPhones right now, Uh, or use the link that we put in the show notes. Okay. Secondly, even in a pandemic, listening to a podcast is not a substitute for getting real help. Uh, this show is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical and or mental health advice, diagnosis, or treatment. You should always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified mental health provider with any questions you may have regarding a mental condition or mental health needs. Okay, that out of the way, let me. Uh, I'm going to start by reading this message that we got. This is a message that came in via that voicemail. Again, 858 255 1770. Okay. This is from an anonymous texter. He says, Hey guys, first, I want to say thank you. Thank you for just being an ear to listen to and as suggestions and advice. Okay. So I'm a 90% disabled veteran with a lot of issues. I have fibro and MDD. I think that's major depressive disorder and so much more, but those are my biggest. I'm 36 and way overweight I have two children that have been with me for almost a month straight now in the house, 10 and six years old, both with special needs. We have sessions with their healthcare professionals via zoom and their teachers are totally involved. We're extremely grateful, but during the time my girls are not online with them, they constantly fight. My little one provokes her big sister constantly. I have zero appointments anymore. It's hard to have massage rehab therapy over zoom, no acupuncture or chiropractic treatment. I'm kind of going out of my mind, help. Any advice?
1: I have some quick practical advice Um, where you cannot replace acupuncture or massage. Um, There are like acupuncture points you can do on yourself. And if he has a relationship with an acupuncturist, maybe reach out and do some like acupressure points and the same with massage Um, you know there's a little bit of like self-love and self-care we we can do for ourselves and if he has a partner you know maybe engaging the partner um, to massage which I think for some partnerships touch is not maybe their love language but it could be a way to kind of deepen an opportunity to to deepen that love language. Those are small practical things um, in terms of his own self-care, which I think is a grounding to kind of create a space for um, his children um, who, of course, you know, being kind of enclosed and, and having special needs, that's going to have challenges. You know, some things... I think that that work, you know, once you have the grounding and you're creating kind of spaciousness within yourself, like that's first, um, to maybe absorb some of the fighting and sisterhood um, is, yeah, one, like children, children with special needs who have disabilities, they're still very, um, I think, empathic and internalized feelings. And they could be acting out just because of their sensing that things aren't right and, you know, and the routine is normal. So showing them, you know, understanding that these feelings may be heightened, even if they're not able to express it. um, And just kind of reminding them of your unconditional love and spending a little extra time kind of, you know, if they seem to be fighting, maybe... Partnering with them, like, what creative things could they be doing? And, yeah, just thinking of activities together instead of just top-down giving them activities or expecting a, a bottom-up, you know, they're going to self-entertain, kind of joining them in a in a partnership. What can we be doing that's fun and creative with their time?
0: We've talked before on the show about... um making a routine and Mm it can be hard now because there's school on some days, not school on other days, but even still just having like a daily routine for kids where they're, you know, on on the video for these hours and then doing something else, these hours. Maybe these are cleaning hours or these are, or sorry, not cleaning. What did, what did we say? These are fight the virus hours. <laughs> Disinfecting the house and fight the virus. The I, love fight the virus <laughs> you know. I love that. Um, just any ways of like enlisting their help, uh, but also kind of coming up with like a regular routine so that kids kind of have something that they can depend on when everything else seems so out of whack. That's been something that we've been trying in my household anyway, and it seems to be working pretty well. We still definitely still get the fights and we definitely still have, you know, one kid really acting out, the other one being sweet and trying to figure out like, okay, what's going on here? And then also just realizing that like acting out isn't usually about the thing that they're actually acting out about. It's usually because they're scared and worried. Right. And so that's something that my wife and I have really been struggling with. Like, don't get mad. Don't start yelling, de-escalate, right? Don't escalate, de-escalate. I've been thinking about it a lot in those terms.
1: Yeah, and another thing that uh, I have an uncle who has special needs. Um, and he, one thing that he he actually, yeah, he actually passed away last week, but one thing that he loved doing his whole life was a sense of service. Um, and I think, You know, he loves the idea that he was taking care of my grandma as she got older. And I think kind of, you know, as you were saying, like, fight the virus, like, some some type of, like, service of how these kids can be helping others during these times. And I think that feels really good to all humans, Um, even, of course, people with disability and special needs, that they still can have a sense of service to their community. So maybe making masks as an activity, who knows, getting creative on how they can still be of service.
0: We've tried doing the, uh, no, um, the no-sew masks, but we haven't quite been successful <laughs> doing that one yet. <laughs>
1: I'm, not, I'm not familiar with those, but <laughs> keep us updated.
0: Uh, oh, and how about you? Do you have any uh, advice for our
2: veteran texter? Um, I, I have a little bit. First off, thank you for your service. Um, being, uh, there's this whole complicated system they have to determine how much disability benefit you get when you come back from war and your body is damaged from it. And I have a a good friend who's actually a member of our team uh, who's currently redeployed to Afghanistan, which now seems like a much safer gig than it did when he deployed, <laughs> comparatively uh, to New York City. Um, and, and he's, you know, his, his body's all beat up. I mean, he's in special forces for years. Uh, so it's, it's, a, it's a lot of strain. With major depressive disorder and fibromyalgia, those two interact. And I'm not entirely sure that fibromyalgia is separate from a psychiatric illness in, in some people. And some people, it's it another name for what ends up being an autoimmune disorder. It's one of those, we ruled out everything else, so we're going to call it this conditions. Um, idiopathic, meaning we don't know why it is, or something like that. So one of the things that makes the pain better is making the depression better. And making the depression better makes the pain better. And making the pain better makes the depression better. So if you can do anything that's going to help take the focus off your hurting, it's going to help you feel better, and it kind of breaks the feedback loop of pain, making you depressed and depressed, making you in pain. You don't move around as much. You get kind of locked up. Things hurt more, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, my little recommendation, because you've got kids, is have a little dance party. there's nothing like taking a creaky adult and having kids jumping around to music that'll get them moving around a little bit, if only just to chase after them and kind of corral them. I know that's what happens with my kids. Um, and, you know, you know, don't you know it, you, you move around in a, in a silly way for a little bit, and, and suddenly you're, you're moving more. And you're, when you mobilize those joints and your, and your muscles, that helps reduce pain. And when you're not feeling as much pain, you don't have as much you don't have as much feedback to your brain that you're in pain. Your muscles tends up less, and you're actually in less pain at the end of that. So, have a dance party with your kids, and the specific kind of dance party is is actually important. Uh, you want it to be a wiggly one, um, and and what I mean by that is if you remember the Humpty dance from like the Oh, gosh, From the, eight, the 80s and 90s. First, you limp to the side like your legs was broken, shaking and twitching, kind of like I was smoking, crazy whack funky. People say you're looking up to see a hammer on crack Humpty. tea. That's why because my body's in motion. And so you're just you know, throwing yourself around and wiggling and you know, um, not having a uh, you know, formal dance-off necessarily, but um, loosening up, shaking it out. Uh, you can do the same thing, I imagine, to Taylor Swift's Shake It Out, more modern. I think
0: um, we should have a section on every podcast from now on, Owen, oh, where you rap. Would, would that be cool? Can we <laughs> Yes, do that? yes. Uh,
2: we'll bust a move next time.
0: Is there any other advice or resources that we can offer to our veteran texter?
1: So there's a great resource for kids. If you Google National Child Traumatic Stress COVID-19, um, and this is from the National Child's Traumatic Stress Network. And it's a COVID-19 specific resource which gives age appropriate reactions, like preschool, maybe what they might be doing to be coping, so you can kind of get a sense, and then how to help with those specific age groups. Huh. And, yeah.
0: Really cool. Do, are you on the page right now? I am. What is, can you read like one example for us?
1: Yeah. So... It's, Preschool, their reactions could be fear of being alone, bad dreams, speech difficulties, change in appetite, um, whining behaviors, clinging behavior increase, how to help, Uh, patient tolerance, allow short-term changes in sleep arrangements, so maybe they can sleep with their brother and sister or their mom or dad, plan calming, comforting activities before bedtime, maintain regular family routines, avoid media exposure, encourage expression through play, reenactment, and storytelling. Provide physical reassurance. That
0: is like remarkably um, specific and useful. Okay, so let's, uh, this is a message that we got from Annette in Orange County.
1: Hi, I've always been a planner. I've always really enjoyed um, getting everything organized for the future. And obviously, right now, everything is changing daily. Um, So I guess I've just been having a lot of anxiety and trouble imagining the future, um, which has not been easy for me. Um, So I'm just wondering if there are any tips that you guys have to help cope with that, um, help cope with not knowing what is going to happen in the future and let go of feeling like, you have to plan um, for things to be okay. Um, thanks for everything you guys do. I've been really enjoying the show.
2: Okay, bye. This is good because it's actually no different from any other day of your life. Uh, we definitely don't know the future now, which was also true the day before COVID-19 turned everything upside down uh, and will be true the day after everything returns back to normal. We never know the future. It's just highlighted right now because we really, 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 really don't know. It's a failure of imagination. Um, If you want to let go, I am going to go straight to uh, Marsha Linehan and Dialectical Behavioral Therapy, which stole it from Buddhism, and talk about radical acceptance, which is about being okay with being in the moment. And my way of practicing this is um, a riff on what they do in monasteries, apparently. when Marsha Linehan tells the story of developing dialectical behavioral therapy, which is a, a therapy she developed originally for borderline personality disorder. Uh, individuals who have that have really difficult times with their emotions, among other things. And Marsha realized that if you could be okay with the now, with what's happening in this moment, only that, you could handle things a lot better. and. When you're doing chores in the monastery, a bell would ring on the hour, and you're sweeping the stairs as your chore, and the bell rings, and you're done. You don't finish the sweep, you don't clean off the rest of the stair. Anything else you do is your own stuff. And the point is to just stop, because you're done. And you have to accept that where you got to is done. So my modern version of this is take your phone, and put an alarm on sometime in every single hour of the day. That alarm will go off uh, and you'll stop doing whatever you're doing. Drop it. And you can come back to it later because you probably have to finish eating your sandwich or whatever it is. But practice letting go over and over and over again of things that are you know, probably more or less trivial. But if you can get some practice letting go when it doesn't matter that much, then you're much more likely to be able to let go of feeling like you have to change it when it really does matter. And there are going to be a lot of moments when we need to accept that reality is as it is that are coming, and that will be hard. So the more practice we can get in the dojo... Of every hour of the day, I think the better off we are.
1: Yeah, I agree with that completely. And for me, that's where like the Serenity Prayer has come in. Um, the other thing that has been helpful, because I think especially for a planner, um, there's a he's he's like an advisor to to the presidents, um, and he's a leadership teacher. And he wrote a Harvard Business Review article called Leadership and In a permanent crisis and i've been fortunate enough to um take some of his courses and one thing he teaches and so yes i want to build off owens like we need to be constantly letting go like we need to absolutely know what we can control and what we cannot and just be in good relationship with that but we can plan for the future and how he says to do it is you you do plausible scenarios So the world may look like a series of tightening and loosening restrictions. That's one plausible scenario, where maybe for the next 18 months until a vaccine, we're going to be sheltering in place, going out sheltering in place. The world may look like us just kind of jumping back in in the next month or so and things slowly getting back to normal. The world may look you know, like some other thing, but to sit down and kind of think about, like, use the data, these plausible scenarios, and then going through that and thinking, okay, well, in this scenario, what can I control? What can I not in this scenario? You know, and, and just be thinking kind of widely about what the world may look like. That's one thing that comes to mind with that question. Like, there is ways we still can plan. And I think as leaders, we should plan, you know, we, sh- we should, we need to have a great relationship with the present. We, we also can be planning and hopefully building a better world um, when this ends. I think, uh, yeah, the other thing, and this is where Owen's, I think, brilliant exercise about that muscle of letting go is you have to foster adaptation. And so that means, you know, mayb- not to be fixed on any set of circumstances and have that muscle of, okay, so, uh, I plan to be back at work in June, but here we are, the hospitals are at capacity again, we're needing to shelter in place, like, you know, able to let go, being okay with letting go, these things and being adaptive.
0: Literally, as we're recording this right now, I just got a notification on my phone that said L.A. County stay-at-home order could last into summer. So <laughs> there's, there's one possible future. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb and guess that Annette, if she's a planner, she probably has some whiteboards lying around. And it seems like this would be a great thing to kind of whiteboard out the different scenarios that you're talking about. Like, what are some things we can plan if... We're indoors for 18 months. What are some things we can plan if we get two weeks off in July? What are some things we can plan if, you know, fill in the blank, and then just kind of making some bullet lists on whiteboards. That seems like at least it would be a really fun activity for an afternoon.
2: I have I have one more. I'm stealing from DBT sort of again. Blaze Aguirre is a child psychiatrist at McLean Hospital, and I think he came up with this. Uh, it's using the SCREW acronym. So when you've got that whiteboard up, Uh, You can brainstorm ways you can address whatever the problem is that you're trying to deal with. And that can be solving the problem, S, changing your relationship to the problem, C, uh, radical acceptance, which I mentioned before, entertaining misery, really rolling around in it and just kind of woe is me stuff. And my favorite, W, how can we worsen the problem? And you actually go (laughs) through all of those steps to think, how could you make this the absolute worst? And that uh, predictably gets rather silly (laughs) after a certain point. Um, But it really, you know, it's the the brain equivalent of that wiggle dance. Um, Because you have to think of some pretty outlandish scenarios to make the situation the worst it could possibly be. Uh, so while you're planning out you know the the different plausible scenarios you can plan out implausibly bad scenarios which gets you to think about things more flexibly and maybe come up with a wider range of plausibilities than you considered in the first place. Watch, watch what I'm about to do here you guys.
0: This also seems like it could be a fun activity to do with kids. So, maybe (laughs) see what I see what I did there. (laughs) So, maybe maybe our veteran texter could also try whiteboarding some ideas for the future and really being hopeful, but then also being sort of playfully miserable too. And that could be a fun thing to do with your kids and help sort of help them address their fears as well as their hopes, you know, inspire hope and also kind of address their fears.
1: Yeah. And the overarching theme, I think, of this whole podcast is. I think in order to do anything, we have to make sure we are not in fight, flight, or freeze. And like really be aware of our numbing behaviors. And like sometimes numbing can be okay, and it can be a source of re- rejuvenation. But knowing the difference between rejuvenation, relaxation, and escapism and numbing... Because if, we're, if we want to stay mentally healthy, if we want to be dancing with our kids, if we want to be leaders and, and planning successfully in the future, we have to be taking care of ourselves and getting ourselves out of fight, flight, and freeze, which a pandemic is going to widen the zone of us falling into that area. So it's like particular um, attention to Ourselves, our bodies, our patterns, our default patterns, what we're doing, our behaviors. Great,
0: great. Well, this has been really great. I know you guys got to go uh, talk to more patients, so I'm gonna let you guys go. Um, thank you both very much for uh, being on the show today, Owen, Michelle. Uh, stay safe, stay connected. Um, Owen, like, let us know what happens with your with your test, okay? And, uh, and please, like, give Carleen. Give yeah. Carlene all of our, like, hope and strength and, and
2: best wishes, okay? Uh, I and will. happy
1: birthday to your kids.
2: Thank you. I, I, totally happy birthday to your kids. Happy birthday to you. Trent and Quinn, happy birthday.
1: We love you. We love you. Happy birthday. And
2: everybody out there listening, please,
0: we really do want to connect with you. So give us a call. That number, again, you can find it in the show notes. It's 858-255-1770. You can leave us a message. uh, Let us know if you want us to call you back. Don't worry if you don't. Uh, And don't forget the Listen app. You can also connect let us do the Listen app. You can get that for your iPhone. Uh, Just go into the App Store and search on Listen app. And be sure to put the app in there because if you just search on Listen, then a lot of stuff comes up. But if you put Listen app, then it's really easy to find. Okay, I'm going to read the disclaimer again. Uh, Listening to a podcast is not a suitable alternative for getting real help. This show is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical and or mental health advice, diagnosis, or treatment. You should always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified mental health provider if you have any questions about a medical condition or your mental health needs. And if you really need help right now, here are some resources for you. You can text the crisis text line. Start that off by texting the word HOME, H-O-M-E, to 741-741, and a crisis counselor will text you right back. You can do this. It's going to be okay. You can also call right now one 800 life if you want or need to talk to someone on the phone right now. Uh, thank you so much for listening. If you're enjoying the show and or finding it useful, please tell your friends and family. Tell anyone you think we can help. And also leave us a review on Apple Podcasts because that does give the show a boost. It helps us with discoverability, helps people find us. Okay, Pandemic Check-In is produced by Western Sound and Brooklyn Minds. Thanks again, Owen and Michelle. Uh, We'll be back next week.